how do you talk to your son about racism? I talk to him like a human, and I just adjust it for his age. Um, and, and it's funny you bring up that that TikTok because I literally had to have a discussion this year with him because there was a um a another is an Asian student in his class. My son, uh, a few months ago, you know, wanted to be like his daddy, so he started wanting to grow the locks. So I, you know, yo, let's do it. He came in one day like, Daddy, yo, this boy in, in school keeps telling me I got fake locks and say I got worms in my head. So mm. he goes to a diverse school. So I asked him, I said, well, why would he say something like that without, you know, and I don't say it's another kid. So, again, it, it, you know, kids don't always think for themselves. They go off their environment and what they may hear or see. So I just asked him a few questions. And one of the questions I did ask him was, was this another black kid? Or he said, no, daddy, is a, is a, he said Chinese. Chinese kid. That right there, just, I had to just, sorry, you know what? I had to explain to him, like, that is an absolute disrespect to not only you, but me, our culture, our family, and don't you ever allow him to call you that again. And then after that, I jumped on my email and I contacted his dean and I explained it. They had a process about discrimination, which the school actually does take very seriously. Zero tolerance. Um, I And it was crazy. I actually had a discussion with him a few months ago because he hasn't said anything to it. And I asked him, I said, has a kid ever tried to talk to you again? He said, he tried, but I did what you said, daddy. I ignored him. I went the other way. I went to go you know, hang out with other, other friends. I said, cool. But to come to find out, he wasn't the only student that this kid was doing it to. Mm. It was a couple of other students that had dreads that he was. Mm -hmm. So what happened was, is come to find out that the dean, she did her job. She did an investigation. She talked to every student that my son mentioned and come to find out that he was. So the last thing I heard was that the dean had his parents come to the school. I don't know what happened after that, if he was suspended for a day or uh, they, they, they have another term for it, but it sounds like suspension. But where he had to stay home because, yeah. especially in Brooklyn, New York, if you're telling anything that even sounds slightly, slightly discriminative to an African-American, you're about to open an ass whipping that you will not believe. And... You know, again, it was, you know, and no, listen, no, I don't discriminate against no culture, no people. But I I told my son, I said, well, you have to think about it. What if you would have came out your mouth and because he's of a, of an Asian descent and been like, well, where's my pork fried rice? Where's my egg rolls? Where's my, that's. That's what I would have done as a kid. But that was when I, mean, I was a kid. That, that, that's that's how we would have been growing up because we, we we know about snacks. Yeah, we're, different snacks we're, we're different era. Yeah, right. we go back These and kids forth. Today, they're not for that. Right now, it's it, it's a zero tolerance. Right. They're not. And my son knew better. He said, "Well, Daddy, if I would have said that, I would have got in trouble, and then I might have would have got suspended." Right. Which showed me that he Can was I mature enough to know that. Quick. Is she? Is the dean? Mm -hmm. Is she black? Is she a black woman? No, she is a. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm about to say she is Latino. Oh, good for her. Good for her doing She's the right Latino, thing. She's Latino, so good for her doing the right thing. Yeah, I mean, she. I mean, I, I was. I, I appreciated that she. She went full force with the 
with the his investig investigation. Right. I hope whatever meeting she had with this with this kid's parents, that he understood. Like, listen, you can get yourself really hurt. Yeah. Say that to the wrong kid. Chill but out. It's learned behavior because he got that shit from somewhere. Yeah, it's and that's behavior. but that's that's the thing, man. Because I'm always scared to sit with a parent who's ignorant like that. Because then you're and they and, 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 and Chaz probably understand this, this switch, but it's just like this Brooklyn switch when we get upset and then flip someone. It's like, what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I a whole lot of switches in me. I'm just saying. You yeah, yeah, I don't want to do that. I'm that same that. way. Well, Chaz is actually, Chaz, you know, Chaz got all the switches because his crazy ass is from Harlem. Yeah. So, originally. <laughs> so he definitely understands. That's a whole like, different uh, switch. I need to. <laughs> Just, just get me and my and my not only me, my child, my family, my culture, the respect you want for your right. own. And Absolutely. from what I've learned of a lot of the Chinese, Japanese, Korean, um, Filipino, all of those cultures they consider Asian. They are very, very. That's a big honor. They like they treat their traditions and their culture like it's nothing better in the world. And I understand. So give my my culture and my people that same respect. Chaz, Chaz, tell me what you think about that. What do you think about um, you know, that clip, um, and that that you know what that little boy was doing, and that and that and that mother, how she responded. I remember, I remember the first time seeing it. Like, I was just like, I kept saying to myself, I said, "Oh, she handled that. She handled that so well." Because I said. Because I was like, if that was me, oh, I'm sorry. I would have forgot that was a little boy altogether. It's <laughs> always high yellow niggas that's like that. It's always us. It really, because of that. <laughs> always. Because through, through all of the lineage, we have some part of them inside of our culture. Because Absolutely. of uh, some of the things that happened through, through slavery and stuff. So Absolutely. I can't, I, I, I can't, I can't discriminate. Again. And I, I don't want to show that same discrimination. What I will like show, show dislike for is this complete ignorance because it can come from every and anybody, even our own people. Thank you. Oh, Absolutely. You Thank you. Yeah. yeah but I also, for me personally, yeah, no, what I always personally say as well too, um, just, I say that it's not that I hate or dislike white people. I hate and loathe the system that they benefit from, right? It's just that because of white supremacy and the, how the system was built for white people, by the white people in that regard, and we're in a country where we, our ancestors did not have to be here, right? That's the parts of it that I definitely despise. And when those white people who use that system to try to oppress us or to even try to talk against us so to speak even as light as microaggressions they don't even have to be like blatant violence or like you know blatant like really killing us or whatever but it's just when you have that type of level of privilege or of ignorance like we have mentioned before that's the part that i have absolutely no freaking respect for and that's the part that i always tell black and brown people especially and other people of color who's like maybe outside of the white scope but don't feel ashamed of pointing the finger and saying, hey, this is racist towards me, or 
can identify when this is racially charged. Because at the end of the day, or whatever the case may be, all of that stuff where we have to kind of suppress our voices, that is very much respectability politics that I kind of see almost Jim Crow where it's like, oh, we have to respect the white man's word or we have to kind of be passive so now we, we don't shake the table or whatever. But they need to be told about themselves. Now, what I will say, and I'm going to end off with this because it can go in many directions, right? Not all the time do we have to battle that shit. It's up to the white folks and their siblings to get that shit together too. We already know what we need in terms of equity and all the other stuff. White folks need to start talking to one another and battling one another to get shit right in that regard. And I'm going to end it there. Because what I'm going to say too, it's going to take a white man to come along and completely denounce racism for anything in this country to ever change. And he can't just be no ordinary white man. Like he's got to give you like Bill Clinton energy. Right. He's got to have a Southern accent. He's got to be of a certain age. And he's going to have to speak with such conviction to completely denounce racism. And then it's also going to take a white woman to do that shit. Because white women are the handmaidens of it. Like they they hold on and they uphold that white supremacy. I'm gonna tell you something. Oh, they do. <laughs> Every situation I've had in like a professional setting or or at like, you know, in a business, it has been some white woman doing some type of racist shit. And I'm not scared of any fucking one. I'm gonna call you out on it. I don't care. Like recently I was driving. This literally happened like three weeks ago. And I'm making my turn. It was like construction and I'm making, you know, a left and I'm, I'm in Jersey doing this. And I know Jersey, Jersey, you know, is like up North Alabama in some places. It really is. But, and I'm, I was in a part that is kind of like, you know, mixed or whatever, multicultural, but at the same time, you have those redneck type people who, you know, come out and, and they're, they're racist. So I'm turning. And I just hear, you fucking nigger, you fucking idiot nigger, I'll kill you, you fucking nigger. And I'm like, I'm fucking triggered. So I go into the glove compartment and I get my gun. I'm licensed to carry. I get my gun because I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to have to shoot someone. I don't know what the fuck is going on. I'm fucking triggered. I don't know who he's talking to. I look out my rear view. He's not looking directly, you know, at me or at my car. I don't know who he's talking to. But whoever he was talking to, I was triggered. And I felt like at that moment, I had to defend myself. So mm-hmm. I had my gun and I, ha- I had my gun on my lap. So he's, again, he's, he's in a fucking semi-truck. He's behind me. And he's just like going. And so I'm making a right or whatever. I'm turning because it was like this, this stupid detour in the middle of the day. Like, why the fuck you do construction in the middle of the day? Like, people are doing shit. Like, do that shit in the middle. Of, well, no, don't do that shit in the middle of the night because then you'll end up like me. The other week when I went to Deshaun's thing and, and I waited a half hour to get in the Lincoln Tunnel. But anyway, okay. I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what 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 warranted that type of reaction from him? So I turned and then he kept going straight and he's just like still yelling. And I said, this person is headed down the wrong fucking path because there's going to be someone like that racist kid who was like 30 years old who just got killed in Cali by that 80 year old black man. He's going to, somebody's going to fuck around and find out one day. Like I had another incident and this was a few years ago. I was in a Panera Bread and I'm waiting for my pizza. I'm minding my business, just minding my business. And 
this white woman comes up and she's like, can you, she's like, excuse me. Um, and, and so I just moved out of her way. Like, I don't like to really talk too much to strangers when I'm in places. So I'm just waiting for my stuff. So I'm, if you know how Panera Bread is set up, like they're all set up like this, like in the front you have like where people can make coffee and then you have like on the other side, you have like, you know, the cashier and everything like that. So I moved further like away from her, like toward like where I guess you can go back to like sit or whatever. So she says, excuse me again, like, can you, you know, give me some space? And I'm like, okay, fine. But at this point, I'm like 50 feet away from her. Like I'm nowhere near this woman. And then she's she's still going. She's like, you need to give me some body space. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm not even near you. And she's like, you're close to me. You're too close to me. I'm like, I'm not even fucking near you. And then all the people start crowding. They, they start coming around and then phones start coming out and everything because I guess they think I'm going to hit this woman. And I'm smarter than the average bear. Like, I know better. No, I'm just going to embarrass her and make her look bad. I'm not going to beat her. I'm not going to throw coffee on this lady. Like, buddy, that's what you want. Y'all want to see that shit and, and go viral and world star and TikTok and shit. Nah. So I have a very foul mouth. Y'all know that. Y'all watch the show. Y'all know me. And so I <laughs> the fuck out. I said, listen, you racist fucking bitch. I'm nowhere fucking near you, you goddamn Karen. Leave me the fuck alone. And she's like, I didn't mean it that way. And she just like scurried off. And then everybody is just standing around with their phones and shit. And so these, these, these black folks are there and they're like older. And I'm like, y'all saw that, didn't you? Nobody says a fucking word. Mm. There's one older black lady comes in and she's like, I just got here. And I'm like, no, you didn't. Cause you were sitting down over in the corner. <laughs> Your own people. Like they saw the whole fucking thing. This is in Habitown, Pennsylvania. I was coming from the eyeglass place. And I walked over from the eyeglass place. I went into Panera Bread. Mind you, this is like an area where like it's very, you know, like diverse. Like everybody knows Habitown. Everybody, you know, lives, you know, it's diverse. Like everybody lives there. But I was just so taken aback at how conquered those Black folks were that nobody, nobody said anything. And nobody like looked at that lady or said to that lady, like, yo, you wrong. Like he wasn't even near you. But I, I knew that at that moment, I had to give her something that she would not forget. Right. And I did it in front of people. I embarrassed her because that's what you got to do with narcissists. Because most racists are narcissists. That's what you got to do with them. You got to embarrass them. And I embarrassed her ass and she scurried, you know, she scurried away. And what really bothered me too, I think, was that the cashier, and she was brown, like she, you know, brown people really have like this weird concept of racism because they've never really dealt with it in America the way we have, but they have dealt with it, but they just don't recognize it. She was like Indian or Hispanic or something like that. She just stood there. She just stood there cowering like, you know, so Panera Bread, fuck you. Period. Fuck you. Anyway. Ignorance is no different than cancer. Actually, it is a cancer. It is mm -hmm. a cancer, Jamel. It's a cancer, it bro. Is. And it's like, but it's, it's more powerful than what it can do to just a human body. What it can do to yeah. a world. Yeah. And it, it seems to have a little a little grip on our world, man. And all of us, I don't care what what race, what sexuality, what hum, human type of human, I don't care who you are. 
we gotta we we, we gotta get rid of that disease, man. It's just it's killing all of us. I told, you, I told y'all what it's gonna take. I told y'all. But but anyway, we gotta we gotta lighten things up. Let's light things up. But I Let's... just wanted to say one thing, like too, okay. that, like you know we have a lot of work to do because look what happened with this um the movie, The Little Mermaid. All this hate that the actress received, like it's absolutely disgusting. And just this morning I seen like a picture, like they did a like a cartoon um remake on Facebook and they had like I guess like the actress touching the original Little Mermaid and the original mermaid they had her with the face disgust and they trying to make um what's that I mean Haley Bailey look yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's beautiful and they just trying to make her look like disgusting. They had her eyes like on each side of, like it was just like I mean it's like something over a fictional movie and these people it's like I don't know. I don't know how to. No, you know what? You know what? Too ridiculous. It it is, and and you know what bothers me about that? It's a children's movie. I mean, we could all go see it, but this is for kids. And here you are. You got to be really fucking demented to pull apart some shit for a kid. It's for a kid. It's for kids. Like you really got to be fucked up. But here's the thing, because y'all know I be going deep with shit. And then I'm going to move on. So I think a lot of that racism, a lot of that beef is with Disney. Because y'all know Disney's in Florida. And right now in Florida, the, uh, uh, the, the governor down there, he wants oh, to yeah. ban just all kinds of things. He wants to ban black history. He wants to ban abortions. He wants to ban Disney from hiring people who are, you know, black or LGBT, all of that shit. He just doesn't want it. And I think that a lot of those people are now taking up their beef with Disney because Disney is not agreeing with Death Santis, the governor Death Santis. We're, gonna call, we're not going to say his real name. We're just going to call him what the fuck he is, Death Santis. So I think that a lot of that goes into that too. you know. And if Disney decided they wanted to pick everything up and go to a different state, I wouldn't be mad at them at all. Well, that's a problem with DeSantos, that we're like as a as a politician, so he's not thinking. You're trying you're you're trying to force a state to go against a global company. And, Bro, and here's the thing, Jamel, it's not just Disney, it's lost. ABC. It's ABC, it's ESPN, it's Hulu. Like Disney owns so much. Yeah, he's he ain't gonna be successful with that shit. Social media be going in on people who like skin on their salmon. Like what? <laughs> Wait, what? Say that again? Chaz. Ah, this is perfect because I was going to go right to you. I was going to go right to you. Chaz, what do you think about eating salmon with the skin on it? With the skin on it? Mm-mm. You don't, you don't <laughs> fuck with that? No, I don't like, I don't even like the skin. I always take the, mm, no, 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 no. I don't even know what else to say, but no to that. <laughs> yeah, it don't it don't bother me. It's like me. I mean, if it comes off, it comes off. But if it's on yeah, there, yeah. I'm eating it. Dave, what about you? Do, do you I like mean, I personally eat Mm-mm. anything that tastes good. So if the skin tastes good, I'm going to eat the skin. But also, it's just like I eat it in both ways because I also eat sushi. So there's no skin. I'm lying. There's Ooh. instances where they might have like include the skin. Like that's the skin since 
Salmon skin and sushi rolls, but not mistaken. But that's that's of a, yeah, that's like eel and, and different fish. But yeah, 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 salmon they do it with it too. No, yeah, the salmon in particular, yeah, absolutely. I would, I would eat all of it, skin everything. Uh, when I cook that's my salmon, I cook it with the skin on. Um, it's it's a function. Definitely a function. I mean, that's what all the omega threes are. All the omega acids, all the healthy shit is in the skin. Like, I like the skin because, I mean, you know, I, I'm a fat boy. I like everything, so I, I don't care. You know, Period. I, I, Same. Exactly. Okay, exactly. But um, real quick PSA. I got to do this really quick. Fourth annual uh, Black Women in Comedy Laugh Fest begins June 14th. This coming Wednesday. So visit littlefieldnyc.com for tickets to opening night and visit bwiclaughfest.com for more information. That's B-W-I-C-L-A-F-F-F-E-S-T. Also, next week, our very own Dave Phoenix is performing down in the DMV at PolCon 2023. His site, blackphoenixdance.com. Go there for tickets and more. He's going to have a sip and paint coming up too. Whatever's your twist. See what I did? Whatever. New information before the price goes up. And I'm telling you, on this show, like, be for everybody. We got, we thoughts, get us lit, we thoughts. We got joke sisters, and we got clapper niggas. We outside, we, we outside, we painting the town red. And, and speaking of the clappers, the sh- day, I gotta give you props. Because <laughs> that show at House of Yes was, listen, everybody, Deshaun put on a show, put together a show for Nasty Wednesdays at the Onyx Room. It's on the side of House of Yes, it's on Wyckoff. Because you know, out in uh, Bushwick, is it like Jefferson and Wyckoff, something like that. Yeah. But, Tell everybody about that real quick, because that, let me tell you, that's, I, I, I can't even begin to, to, to begin. Black, brown, queer folks or whatever, very open um, open to all in a sense, but you can sign up in advance. You come, it's like two at a time sets or whatever, just dancing on dancers, doing the fucking thing. The event is free, which means there's no excuse to not come and tip, okay? Um, I'm very huge on tipping. I tell people, <laughs> tip your fr- there's no freaking excuse, especially if you're coming um, with free admission. You ain't got to complain about door plus tipping the dancers. Use all of that money that you probably would have paid for a $30 event. That's like literally a dollar per dancer. Or something, right? What happened with me was I overslept. So I didn't make it to the bank. <laughs> oh, no, that's so a different story. I overslept. And I'm going to tell y'all something. This next time, I'm being there like that. So yeah. I got all my singles before I dropped the single. But what I will say, though, is is that the people who came understood the assignment, okay? Like, there was literally tips on tips. Oh, my God. It was crazy. It was, I mean, there was money. It was so, there was so much money out there. There was was money underneath the platform. Yes. All of my dancers was able to rake it up. All of my dancers was able to rake it up. And that's what I wanted. (laughs) If you ever wanted to, 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 like, tap into your inner stripper, Okay, go to this event because I got to tell you, there, there was a young lady there, and uh, you, you know who I'm talking about, right? But, but Chaz and Jamel don't. So, so let me tell y'all, there's this young lady. Yeah, there. That, make sure you make sure you say it loud. I do not. I absolutely do not know what he's talking about. <laughs> but you're going to know real soon, know though. You're going to know. No, you no idea. No, no idea. I've been with you, baby. It's only you. You won't know. You the one. Not Listen, she going. She gonna be there too. She Shoot. gonna be. But now, her, I wanna make sure she know I ain't been there. And if anybody asking, you damn right. I'm scared of my life. Happy wife, happy life. <laughs> Hell nah. 
I'm letting them they'll know. They'll be there together the next time. June 28th, they'll be there together. Exactly. So listen, so listen, there was, the, there, was the, there was this young lady there. And she came out. She was very demure, very short, very slight. She had glasses on. She had like, you know, dreadlocks or whatever. Very sweet looking girl. You know who I'm talking about. They don't say her name. No, I'm talking about. Right. She put these, she put these heels on. And they were like these, these, they were like as high as this, this cup I have right here. They were, they were, they were high as hell. And I'm thinking, okay, she's just going to get up here. She's just going to spin around a little bit. Like that's going to be cute. She clicked those heels and they lit up. Then she starts climbing up the pole and she's spinning all around and her hair spinning. It was, she was just amazing, that young lady. And another young lady went up there, and I think she squirted on me, but we're not going to get into that right now because it's very early. It's very early. Anyway, listen, listen. Deshaun's events are for everybody, okay? Gay, straight, queer, bi. I saw women. I saw trans women. I saw men. I saw trans men. I saw couples. We're not going to talk about that couple that was there because we, we had our own little inside joke about, about homeboy that was part of the couple. But anyway. Oh, baby. Yeah, I'm not going to say that. But yeah. Yeah, we're not going to talk about radio. But anyway, couples singles it's I a mean, human event singles it's rare to come up into a place and just get good vibe from everybody like it was body inclusive i mean all kinds of body types you know what i'm saying like and and, and, and for me and what i saw was that it was an amazing self-esteem booster like when you show body diversity and you yourself have the self-esteem to go out there and perform like i mean it's just I don't know. It's incredible what you're doing. I had to put you on blast about that. But but speaking of those, speaking of, speaking of, I met Chandra Smith. Chandra was in an interview that I did a few months back. She was Ms. Wheelchair uh, 2023. And she was so fascinated by Deshaun. And she said she's going to get her prosthetics. And she said she's going to build up her core. And she's going to do a wheels and pulls event with, with you. Like reach out inside. She will. No, no, no. She definitely will. She's beautiful inside and out. And you guys, if you haven't seen our interview, um, go check it out. Definitely donate to her GoFundMe um, so she can be Ms. Wheelchair America 2024. And that's up on uh, ChrisDavisShow.com. Yeah, go I have ahead. A go everybody, Jamel. Everybody can come. I've always wanted. I, that, that's one kind of stripper I've always wanted to see. I want to see a little person. Oh, I am done. I am dead. Wow. I probably just heard what you said. Um, to be honest with you, <laughs> I, like I said, it's it, uh-huh. to be honest with you means no. We have not everybody. Them. No, not yet. However, yes, they are definitely welcome. Anyone for my event, literally, like if anyone who is willing to just let their free flag fly or whatever for that night, you you might not be a professional stripper, but if you want to be a stripper for that night. Come on down to the red room. Come on down to the black Phoenix bed. That's 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 pretty much where I'm. Yes. So yes, if a little person absolutely need to shake it like a salt shaker and they need some money or even like trying to work for they for they you know for they for an aspiration, someone kind of makes it. Yeah, you can be the most beautiful person in the facade, right? When we see or whatever the case. If your core and your being and your personality and your spirit is freaking horrible and rotten and ugly, that can make you the most ugliest person to me, okay? And I think that if we really do focus more so on the least, and it's easier said than done to being better people for at least others, um, then that can make us better people overall for ourselves. 
Um, and for me as well, too, you have to be your own cheerleader. So when it does come to self-esteem, there is a lot where I have to really build myself up and like, li- listen, just because I'm feminine or just because um, I like, you know, I might show my body or whatever the case within the profession I have. It doesn't make me less of a person. It doesn't make me less of an um, intellectual being. It doesn't make me less than at all, right? My my skin color, me being HIV positive, me, um, like those things do not make me less of a person. I'm still here. I'm still thriving. I'm in, a, you know, in abundance and comfort at the moment or whatever the case, right? Like it's very much when it comes to self-esteem, I think what it is that we, when you allow other people outwardly to tell you who you are, who you are supposed to be, and it's supposed to fit a certain standard, that can really dim down people's self-esteem in their life. And it can, depending on the person, it can take a little bit to really drag them out of that, out of that muck of what society has to say about you. Chaz, what do you think? Come on, Chaz, go in, go in. But like, uh, I don't know. You know, me personally, like I always struggled with um with my own insecurities and stuff. So it's like, you know, um, they touch on it a little bit. We talk about like kind of colorism, like you know, even when I express to like either family members or friends who like of um, you know, the a dark dark skin or darker tone than me, and um. And I tell them about like my insecurity and stuff, and they just like try to brush it off. Oh, you don't got no worries. You like light skin. Da, 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 da. Like that's like the comment I hear all the time. But it's just like, you know, often days I don't like people say that I um that they like, oh, you're really cute, you're really handsome. But, like it took a while for me to see. Like most days, I don't even see that for myself. I don't know if it's mostly because of how I viewed myself with my cerebral palsy, and um, you know. And that had a lot to do with it, where I didn't feel like attractive because I feel like people just see me for that and not what I bring, um, like my personality or anything else. I just feel like they just see me as like a disabled person and they never see me for anything else. But, yeah. Jamel, what do you think? <laughs> well, for, <clears throat> Thank for me. you for going in, Shaz. I appreciate it. <laughs> no, that was me going. I was like, that was lighter, but. <laughs> Okay. Thank you. Me, go, ahead. go ahead, Jamel. For me, I feel like everything is, is perspective. And I feel like God himself even has perspective. So God, you know, in my in my from my perspective, in my eyes, God is an artist. And the world itself was an abstract painting. So if you ever been to a museum and when you're looking at abstract paintings, everybody has a different pers- uh, preference and perspective of what that abstract looks like. It could be like mad different colors, but it's one part one person's looking at because that's they're pulled to that. Another part, another person's looking at because they're pulled to that. And then maybe there's a few people that's pulled to everything, but it's like the world, the human society, we're abstract. We're not supposed to all be the same, look the same, act the same. No, we're supposed to be different. And we're supposed to be able to look at each other and say, well, that's unique or that's just not my thing. But, you know, to somebody else is going to be beautiful and be accepting of that. So for me, you know, um, and it's a lot of like I had uh, uh, insecurity about I'm, I'm a short guy, I'm five foot three, 
You know what I mean? So growing up, it's like I always got the jokes, oh, you short, blah, blah, blah. All right, cool. Until I found that one tall girl who loved nothing more but a shut guy. Man, I thought I was God for a second. That was a good Lord of mercy. But then I started meeting more and more and more and more. And it's like, okay, I came to just say it's preference. The world is abstract, man. Find the part that you, if you can't like all of it, find the part you love, but just still respect the rest of the painting. Don't just say because you like one part of it, fuck the other part. Nah, abstract. I love that part. I'm not really connected with that part, but I'm going to just focus on this beautiful part that I just can't take my eyes off and leave it at that. June marks the 33rd annual Black Music Month. And that's crazy because all four of us are older than Black Music Month. And I remember this <laughs> ad from when I was a kid. There was this ad from Burger King, like all the, the, the magazines had it. It was, it was in essence, the Ebony and Jet. And it was like just showing the history of Black music. And they had like these little, I guess to, to, to represent hip hop, they had like these little nuggets with like glasses on and box haircuts. But anyway, um, in, in 1990, um, Deanna Williams and Sheila Eldridge launched the Association of African-American Music Foundation to promote and preserve Black music. Deanna also helped write House Concurrent Bill 509, which recognized our accomplishments in music and helped establish Black Music Month. Yesterday, Deanna, as well as Kenny Gamble, was honored by Philadelphia City Hall with a proclamation commemorating June as Black Music Month. And I mean, what hasn't Ms. Deanna done? Like, I love her. She's like my auntie in my head. Hi, Ms. D. Anyway, um, Guys, let's talk about music. Who are some of your favorite artists and genres? And oh, Chaz, well, I want you know, to take we, this. We're going to be sitting I'm, here talking all damn day with me. I know, but that's, that's why I'm going to Chaz first, because I know you. You're the music guy. That's, so that's my home. But for me, um... No, I said Chaz. Chaz. Other Taurus. Chaz, go first. The other Yeah, the other Taurus. <laughs> go ahead. Um, what is my favorite artist? Um... I go to who I listen to, right? Um, I listen to a lot of um, Jasmine Sullivan. Um, who else? Um, who else? Mary J. John B. I'm like an R&B. <laughs> R&B kid. Um, like old school, uh, back in the day artist. Um, who else? I'm trying to think. Yeah, I used to listen to um En Vogue. They say I used to jam uh when I got to En Vogue when I was young, they say my parents used to say um they used to play it in the car, they said my foot used to be going. <laughs> Escape. <laughs> oh who else? I'm trying to think. But yeah, I still listen to all nineties nineties R and B. That's where I'm at. Like my head is still fat. That's what's up. Um, what about what about you, Dave? Yes, so for me, my I'm all over the place. I'm not gonna lie. I very much go from very very old school preceding me, so that even goes to like once again, I'll mention Tina Turner. Love Tina Turner. Um, even when it came to like Temptation, certain like certain like Motown or whatever the case may be. Um, Michael Jackson, of course, family is a huge Jackson family. I'm talking about my family. We love the Jackson in my household. So like Michael Janet, um, shit. Who else can I even think of? Like 
it'll even go down like there's a couple of songs that I'll even go to almost like freaking Barry White, freaking Marvin Gaye, right? So then we have even more contemporary or like around our era. So of course Beyonce, Destiny Child, um, who else? So many people. I still even listen to Fiera every so often. Because Fiera actually started my dance career. Fun fact. Um, Fiera was the reason why I started dancing in particular. Um, and it even down to like, well, I listen to a lot of female rap. Um, so I listen to definitely Megan Thee Stallion's on top of there. I got to give props of course to Nikki in terms of music. I'm going to keep it that way. Um, I mean, I, I was a huge Nikki fan, so don't get it fucked up. I will be the first person to step up and word by word rap Itty Bitty Piggy in the freaking club. All right, Jamel. Go ahead, because I know this is area. I mean, for me, it depends on the mood I'm in. I mean, when I'm in my hip hop, I'm all, I'm all about the greats, man. I mean, I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm about, again, it depends on the era, but I mean, of course, I'm a Brooklyn dude, so Biggie and Jay is up there, but Tupac, NWA, um, Lauren Hill, um, Rhapsody. Uh, I mean, I go on and on and on with with the hip hop, but it's a lot. The then if you want to jump into the R and B, oh man, Babyface, uh, Boys and Men, which is probably my favorite group of all time. I love Boys and Men. I'm actually now listening to um YA Sons, Wamore. They just came out with a new video that's really dope. I'm looking forward to them. Um, what else? Johnny Gill, um, her, um, Maxwell. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I go on and on and on. Um, but I go into some stuff that I, probably a lot of people don't listen to. I'm a big house music fan. Like I love, love this City. This is why me and him are are are, are tight because we're huh? both househeads. Oh yeah. That's oh so yeah, definitely we're tight. Like, we're both househeads. Yeah. yeah. The Ten Cities, CC Rogers, Robin S. Um, who else? Uh, uh, Frankie Knuckles. Like, I grew up on that. You know what I mean? Shout out to my uncle DJ Cool Red Alert. Uh, and my uncle Dino. Shout out to Chuck Chillout, who you're supposed to be getting me an interview with. Chuck, but, Chuck you know, Chillout. I'm going to let you no, Chuck, out. Chuck, Chuck Chillout didn't do the house music. He was harder with the, no, with, he's the uh, with the hip hop, but Red Alert and my, and, and my uncle Dino Pereira. They, they really shout out to them too. to that house music. Um... DJ uh, Ralph McDaniels, even though everybody remember him from Video Music Box, but he actually does DJ. And then if we go to the rock, man, I mean, I'm not sure if I want to even call them rock, but they were more to me like a really, um, a, they, they were like the first fusion group, and, and which is Queen, because Queen did it all. Queen did rock, alternative, hip-hop, um, <laughs> um, blues. R&B, if you listen to that Queen music, man, they infused a lot of stuff together. Orchestra, so um, when it comes to jazz, I'm down with, of course, man, the greats, man, Dizzy Gillespie, um, Felonious Monk, um, I can go, again, I can go on and on, Miles Davis, I go on and on and on. I like where you took it, though. Can I tell you something? Because yeah. this, this, you took it, see, this is why I like this, because we're all in sync. I was because my thing is the eighties. I love like eighties and nineties also, but back then as an artist, you had to have it all. Like when you think about it, think about Michael Jackson. Michael was constantly releasing music, so much so that the other artists that we know of from those eras did the same thing. And then you have Prince. Prince came with all the creativity. So with the two of them together, you had 
releases and you had creativity, you had both just going constantly. There, there's this, the artists that, you know, resonate with me, like I like Jasmine Guy. Y'all may not know Jasmine Guy as a musician, but Jasmine Guy from a different world actually had music out and she had a record. She has a record, she has two that I like. She has one called Try Me. And if you go to uh, YouTube and you look up Jasmine Guy Try Me on Soul Train, she fucking killed that shit. Like when I'm talking about singing, dancing, choreography, like on beat, she hit every fucking mark. She was a triple threat. Same with, she has another record called I know, Another Like My Lover. And there's a remix to that that I really like. And shout out to Chuck, chill out, because he plays it all the time. And Chuck, um, do my show. Jamel, work that out. There's another, there's another musician I like, Will Downing. The thing is, y'all may know Will Downing is just a jazz musician, but Will was doing like everything. He was doing R&B. He was doing garage, which is another genre of like a fusion of like R&B and house. Mm -hmm. And he was kind of like the Brian McKnight before Brian McKnight was Brian McKnight. Like Will Downing was who you called to get that smooth record. Like that's like my just, he reminds me of a, of a Bayesian uncle. That's my Bayesian uncle in my head. He has a record called In My Dreams. And if you go to YouTube, you'll see that also. And that is not only a jazz record, but there's also a house, a garage house version of that. And then if you type in Donna Allen Showtime at the Apollo, she does this record called Serious. And I don't know what Donna was on, but Donna was <laughs> on the fucking Apollo. She needs this, she's doing all of these moves, and then she needs this man in the stomach. Like, I mean, she just Donna was was fucking lit. And I love the 80s music because it's all about having a good time. It's all about being, you know, just fun. And I mean, there's some scandal in those 80s records. There's some unrequited love. There is. But I don't know. I'm all about just having a good time with the music. Like if you go back and you watch my interview with uh, Joanna Briley, I know that shit is like three hours long, but I don't care. Watch it. I bring out my records because I have a record collection. And... I, I talk about uh, Lolita Holloway, and I have you know, a record of 12-inch of Lolita Holloway's Crash Goes Love. And that's one of my favorite records. And that's like, sounds like Planet Rock or something like that, but that's a dope record. But anyway, I don't know if you all know, I have a time machine. I'm an Afrofuturistic magical Negro, all right? And I ask all my guests this, Chaz and Deshaun have been here before, so watch their shows to find out what they said. But Jamel, I want to know from you, if you had a time machine, what you would go back and tell yourself in the past? Good question, man. Um, if I had a time machine, I would tell myself uh, tomorrow's lottery numbers. <laughs> Good one. That's a good one. <laughs> because with with everything I've learned thus far in my life, I really wouldn't want to change that. But tomorrow they hit that lottery. <laughs> so that's probably what I would tell myself, man. Like, um, because as much as we all say that we would like to change something, if you're happy with who with who, with whom you are today, your mistakes was. A, 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 a process to what you are today. Your pain was a process. Not just the good, but all of it, it was a process. So 
yeah, I wouldn't want to tell I wouldn't want to say much about yesterday, but I would definitely want to help out with tomorrow. So I'll tell myself tomorrow's lottery numbers. Listen. All, all of them. I'm talking about take five. Talk about um Powerball. Powerball, Mega Million, Cash for Life. I'm telling myself everything. That's a, you know what? See, this is why I fucks with you. I knew you was gonna give me something good like that. Like, let me tell y'all real quick. The first time I met Jamel, and this is what I, I bring this up to you like at least once a year. But the yeah, first time it. I met Jamel. So once upon a time, there was there was a kid who was wanting to be a member of the illustrious fraternity, Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. Uh, fraternity Incorporated um, established in 1911. And so I wanted to be a part of the Brooklyn Long Island chapter of Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. And so I, I go in this room. I want to be a part of Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. I'm just waiting for some things to get taken care of. I know. I, you I, listen, I you, you're going you're gonna to get it all straight. You're going to figure it out. But you, you, you're my brother regardless. So listen, I walk into this room and there are about 15 guys just sitting around. Scared. It's early in the morning. They sitting nervous and shit. Mm -hmm. And so... I heard him before I saw him. Jamel walks in and he's like, hey, what's going on, everybody? He starts cracking jokes. Because he's naturally funny. <laughs> but keep in mind, I said, I heard him before I saw him. So this big motherfucker, I can't even remember his name. He was like 6'5". He's blocking Jamel. Because again, Jamel told y'all he's 5'3". And so he comes from behind him. I'm thinking it's the big dude talking like this from behind him and right then and there I'm like me and him been homies since then that was 20 that was 2011 yeah all right yeah sure enough. sometimes in order to keep your sanity you must act insane so I appreciated that that you came up in that room and you you were the icebreaker you made everybody feel comfortable and thank you for doing that today let's give it up for Brooklyn's playboy Jamel Lamar Let's give it up for him. I mean, it's all give love, it man. You show love, you receive love. Absolutely. So. Let's give it up for Deshaun, Day Phoenix, the Clappers arm brister. And let's give it up for our secret warrior in Harlem's very own Chaz Bedford. I am your host, Chris David TV. Follow me and my guys. All of our socials are here in the video. If you hit us up, be as respectful as you would to the officer writing you that ticket on Route 13. If y'all have ever driven down south, y'all know exactly what I'm talking about when I'm talking about research. I'm in today's show um, a little differently than I typically do. The Stonewall Uprising was a series of events between police and LGBTQ protesters which stretched over six days beginning June 28, 1969. The media often refers to the Stonewall Uprising as the Stonewall Riots. The reference to these events as riots initially was used by police to justify their use of force. Throughout New York State, homosexuality was considered a criminal offense, and it would take over a decade of organizing before same-sex relationships were legalized in 1980. This month marks the 53rd anniversary of Pride Month, which in 1999 was declared by our 42nd president, Bill Clinton, as Gay and Lesbian Pride Month. In 2011, our 44th president, Barack Obama, expanded the officially recognized Pride Month to include the entire LGBTQ plus community. 
What the media often leaves out is that Black people were at the forefront and at the helm of the uprising and refused to toe the line. Their courage and willingness to stand up for what's right has afforded us the freedoms and rights that we all have today as individuals, no matter how we identify. I did this panel because I wanted to show that even though we come from different upbringings, different neighborhoods, and different sexual orientations, that we could still share space as Black men and revel in our commonalities. No heterosexual Black men don't only associate with queer or homosexual Black men, only if they're related. We fellowship with one another, and most of all, we hold each other accountable and we support one another. The Chris David Show is, and will always be, a safe space. And our goal is to support, uplift, and inform, as well as entertain. I'm glad that we could all get together and do this. God willing, we'll do this again soon. And in honor of Jerry Springer, that was my final thought. Now get the fuck out of here, you crazy kids. Be well. Thanks, guys.